Today's reading is from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were, they were looking in, 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 intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, please open our hearts and minds today to receive from you. Lord, let me speak your word and your message, and may your word transform our lives so that we will live intentionally the way you have planned for us, so that in all things you may be praised. Amen. Well, for us as Christians, uh, the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven 40 days after his resurrection is as important as his birth and his death and resurrection. Yet I didn't notice um, that there were any Ascension M&S dine-in offers this weekend, um, and there were no Ascension cards I could send people to celebrate. And um, the video we saw earlier was a beautiful, dramatic interpretation. But the passage that we was read to, to us today, beautifully by Isaac, um, was written. Sorry, it's my son. That's fine. Um, <laughs> was written by Luke, who was one of the twelve disciples. And funny enough, he also wrote the book of Luke. Um, and he wrote both books to a man called Theophilus. And it was believed he wrote this as evidence for Paul's trial at Caesar's court in Rome. So it's, it's written with detail and precision, and it's an eyewitness account, but, and it focuses on the facts. But it's, it's not like that dramatic interpretation there, is it? It's, it's a bit, perhaps a bit lacklustre, it's a bit of an anticlimax, and not really a fitting, triumphant conclusion of the life and ministry of our Lord. But Luke ends the book of Luke with the Ascension, and he begins the book of Acts with the Ascension. And in fact, there isn't actually another actual account of the Ascension itself recorded in any other Gospels. And it's probably because those who were left behind were were mourning. Perhaps they were thinking about what they'd lost, 
rather than celebrating uh, the joy and the victory. So I hope that today we can come to appreciate its significance, and we might not get a public holiday, um, but but it's definitely worth celebrating. So after Jesus' work on earth and our salvation was completed by his death and resurrection, the ascension marks the return of Jesus' heavenly glory. And it's central to the initiation of a new chapter that continues the work that Jesus started. So it's not the anticlimax, and it's not the ending, it's the beginning. It's a new chapter where Christ's ministry is expanded and magnified. But if we haven't grasped how important the ascension is, don't worry, we're in good company. There was so much that the the disciples themselves didn't understand, and yet they'd had the benefit of learning with him in person. They were there with him in life and death and after his resurrection, and they still didn't quite get it. And he'd literally told them moments before, and yet here they were, intently looking up into the sky as he was going. And two men, dressed in white, stood beside them and said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who was taken away from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go up into heaven. And Luke might be the only person to have recorded the event of the ascension, um, but Jesus had told them it was going to happen, and he foretold it in his teachings, and he shared it with his disciples. But it was only after the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost that they would really comprehend the truth of the gospel, which is why, in the passage here, they were told to wait. But once they'd received the Holy Spirit, they understood the life-changing impact and relevance of the ascension. And they then explained it in their ministry, which is recorded throughout all the books of the New Testament. Tim Keller said that the ascension is the detonator that takes what Jesus was and who he is and he releases it into our lives with all of its power. So what is the power of the ascension? When God raised Jesus from the dead with his mighty power, it was the same mighty power that he raised him up into heaven. And in raising him up, uh, God the Father elevated Jesus' rank and his power. And in raising him up, he exalts him, which means he highly praises and glorifies his son. And at the ascension, so much was accomplished, so much was achieved. The one with whom the Father was well pleased was received up in honour. And he's exalted to the highest place and given a name that is above every name. He's given the return of his heavenly glory. Jesus' glory had been veiled during his time on earth with one exception of the transfiguration. But he was given the return of his heavenly glory. And he's then seated at the right hand of the Father. And the right hand of the Father is a place of equal honour and authority. And he was exalted 
far above everything, all rule, authority, all power and dominion, above every name, and not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God, in that ascension, placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. So Jesus is returning home to heaven, and in doing so, it's allowing him to prepare a place for us. And it's also in readiness for the sending the Holy Spirit. So the power of the ascension is not about what is lost to the disciples, it's about what is gained. By Jesus returning home, the glorious power was about to be released and detonated. And Jesus himself had told his disciples that it was good for him to go away, because only then would he send them another helper, the Spirit of Truth. And I don't want to steal the thunder from next Sunday when we celebrate Pentecost. But, spoiler alert, that's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost, ten days after Jesus' ascension, he pours out his spirit on the church. So having stood there, looking to the sky, in Acts chapter 1, in chapter 2, once Peter receives the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he grasps the joy of Jesus' ascension. And he says, being therefore exalted to the right hand of the Father, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. So that's the power of the ascension. So so what is the ascension itself? When God sent Jesus to earth as Emmanuel, God with us, he was fully human. And when he returned to heaven, instead of existing in time and space at one spot on the earth, he is now everywhere. Now the Son had returned home to the Father, the period of human limitation was at the end. He left literally and bodily and visibly into the clouds. But heaven isn't a distant place. It's not like he's travelled into space. God doesn't live in the sky. He doesn't relate to us like a distant person in a whole other realm. Jesus' ascension to heaven means he has a new relationship with the universe. When Jesus was taken up, he wasn't taken away. He is more present and closer than ever. He's not only on earth, and he's not only in heaven, he's everywhere. Jesus said to Mary in John 20, verse 17, Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. By letting me go, you will never be able to lose me again. He wouldn't be lost. He would be closer than ever. And the ascension signified the end and the success of his earthly ministry. All that he'd come to do. All that he'd accomplished through his life and his death and resurrection. But the resurrection requires an ascension to be completed. The ascension shows that Jesus really had overcome death. He wasn't resurrected to live and then die again. He was resurrected to to then live forever. 
And we saw a few weeks ago as um, Charles ascended the throne of England, and we've still got some of the bits and pieces there where we celebrated that, um, that the ascension of the throne of England, it was a sort of symbolic occasion where Prince, uh, Prince Charles was elevated from the rank of prince to king. And this event changed his position of authority and his relationship with the people of England. Jesus' ascension marks the beginning of his new reign as high priest and as mediator of the new covenant. So now he is on the throne in his position at the right hand of the Father. He's everything he was, so shepherd, redeemer, friend, and he's everything that God is. He's prophet, and he's priest, and he's king, and he's head of the church, and he's the giver of spiritual gifts. So Ascension celebrates Christ's exaltation. Whilst on earth he was a servant, now he is in heaven, he is the ruler and lord of all. By entering heaven as a representative of mankind, he completed the work of our salvation and he guarantees that all who love him will also one day receive glory in heaven. So this is exciting and this is powerful, but what does it mean to us? The ascension is the glorious affirmation. It's the end of Jesus' earthly ministry and his exaltation by the Father and he returns home to heaven. It also represents progress to a new stage, the time where his work is magnified and exploded and released into the world, to the ends of the earth. Jesus says in our passage that he would send us the power of the Holy Spirit so we could continue his teaching with wisdom and authority. We are the teachers, we are the witnesses. Verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When I was younger, and I heard this being read, I thought Luke was being vague, saying Samaria. I didn't realize that it was Samaria. Um, But it's not about just some area, it's every area. We're to be witnesses to the truth of the gospel, to share and to demonstrate with our lives that it is true and it is living in us. We're to share the truth that has set us free so that it can liberate others in every area, in our village, in our homes, with our families, when we're at the doctors, when we're on holiday, when we're on the clifftop. John the Baptist was a pretty good teacher. Jesus says here that the power that he will send us to continue his ministry will be greater and more effective than John the Baptist. He said that we're going to have a a greater prophetic ministry and a reach than Jesus and the disciples did when they were here on earth. So when we tell people about Jesus, it's not about our skill or our eloquence. It's about this power, the power he sent us. The very fact that that the church is spreading uh, through Christians with our human imperfections is evidence that the ascension happened. Through his power working in us, when we tell someone about Jesus, they meet Jesus through us. Jesus lived with and taught his disciples every day after his resurrection. He appeared to them over 40 days, teaching them about the kingdom of God. But before Jesus opened their minds... 
they thought the words they read in the Torah were all about them, about how they must live, about what they had to do. But when Jesus came, he showed them that it was all about him. He said, I'm the real David, I'm the real prophet, I'm the real king that you're looking for. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. The gospel isn't about try your best and God will favour you. The gospel is all about Jesus. Jesus changes everything. So when we tell people about Jesus, they meet him through us. And life looks different and he sets them free. When we share the truth, the Holy Spirit works through us as people are set free from lives filled with hopelessness and despair and addiction and anger. They are released from everything that is separating them from receiving the love of God. When Jesus ascended, we became his witnesses. We are witnesses to the change he has made in our lives. And we're to point people to Jesus through the Bible because the Bible is all about him. To tell people that the same human Jesus is now running the universe. To tell them that through his death and resurrection they can have new life in him. To tell them that he is my priest and my prophet but also my king. To tell them that he knows them and he loves them and he longs for them to know him. Jesus went back into heaven so that everything he was and everything he is would be detonated into the world. This is something to celebrate, something to shout about. But unless we have the Holy Spirit, we don't have understanding. And we too are just standing and staring into the sky. As George Whitfield said, we can preach the gospel of Christ no further than we have experienced the power of it in our own hearts. So what are we going to do? Let's not delay. This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Christ will come again. Amen.